Avast me, hearties, and welcome to Backlog Treasure Hunters. This is a podcast where we play through games in our backlogs that we haven't played yet to answer the most important question. Are they treasure or are they trash? I am your host and serial turkey puncher, Kevin Savage. Hosting with me, as always, is my fellow video game enthusiast, Jordan BFG Manning. What's up, Jordan? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> uh, I'm alright. I thought you'd like that one. I like that one the most. <laughs> uh, it was actually really hard to find good ones for this, but uh, that that one just fit. Like, you know, it's already part of the show. That one kind of rolled off the tongue. I liked it. Mm. So, have you been up to anything interesting? Oh my god, let's talk about what we've been playing for like a hot second, because I have been playing a poop ton of video games. Uh, I have um, like very few, so uh, why don't you get us off? Actually, no, that if, you've been doing very f- <laughs> if you've been doing very few, go for it. Uh, so, uh, I've actually had a lot of like personal stuff going on in my life, so I haven't really had a lot of energy, but um, I played through Harmony of Dissonance, the Castlevania game on Game Boy Advance. It is absolutely the best of the three. Uh, I will go to bat for Harmony of Dissonance. But uh, I found a mod that removes the blue outline on Juiced, and it's a completely different game. Uh, it actually looks good, and you can actually play it without offend- it offending your eyes, and it's a completely different game. Uh, and then I've got like a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk about with you specifically that relates to a conversation that we had about a week ago. So uh, why don't you tell us about what you've been playing, and then we'll uh, we'll cover a little bit more of my stuff. Well, okay. I've been playing a game called Forager. I went back and I beat it for a second time all the way through. I have been playing a little bit of Final Fantasy VII Remake now that I have my PS4 controller. Um, <laughs> just trying to, like... Now that you're allowed to play games again. I know. It's... Oh, man. But, um, yeah, I'm just trying to close the book on that one. When I left off, I was about three chapters away. So I'm I'm feeling the ending coming up. Mm. And then I also got on Switch just about three, four days ago, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light. They did that like three, four days ago. They released we were the first just Fire Emblem. About that, we? I know. Isn't it great? I I like that. I, I so did they is it a like an upscale of the DS port or is it um like did no, they do it? Oh, yeah. so are are they on the um like the the NES classics section? Uh, no, it's a standalone game. That's fascinating. I yeah. wonder, like, is is the Switch becoming the definitive Nintendo experience? The world. This is what I'm thinking. Like, when I see something like this and the other. Uh, games they've been re-releasing for it, it makes me want to believe it. Yeah, because the the Mario 3D All-Stars, a lot of people guessed that that was coming. And I even talked about that on our Zero episode, that I wanted to play more uh, Super Mario Sunshine. (laughs) But, um, like, so you now have basically the the best Mario game on Switch, along with two ones that are... (laughs) Decent. I don't. I don't like uh, Galaxy all that much, and Sunshine has a lot of problems. But oh, 64 yeah. is incredible. 64 is such a good game. Just other than that, I've been trying to acquire a PS5, and just not having any luck with it. So I've kind of tabled that for the moment. Is there a specific game on PS5 that you're after, or are you just excited because uh, having new cool shiny things is fun? 
Demon Souls. I really, really want to play the new Demon Souls. Have you played the original version? I have. Really? When did you play that? Uh, I played and it did sometime you finish? after... No, God, no. Um, I played it sometime after I beat Dark Souls 3, which had to be, I want to say, a year and a half, two years ago at this point. Okay. I did it before I moved here. So, And it, it was like, I beat Dark Souls 3, and then I owned Demon Souls, and so I just played it for, I, I want to say, like less than 10 hours, but something <laughs> close to that. And just Demon Souls looks amazing. And a friend of mine, um, a close friend, he ended up getting a PS5. And so uh, I'm going to go over to his place, socially distant, and play some PS5 with him. But so you're going to watch sending... him play PS5 through his window? <laughs> no, we're actually going to like play PS5. Um <laughs> And I'm going to feel that cool-ass controller. But the the reality of it is, like, he's been sending me a whole bunch of stuff and just getting a first-hand experience as much as I can from the mm-hmm. PS5. And it looks amazing. I really want to delve into, like, the stuff that comes out for that console. Because it's it looks good. Yeah, I really like Demon's Souls. I've actually finished it. I uh, I had a lot of fun cheesing the final boss. Um, I uh, the final boss in Demon Souls can take levels away from you. That is one of his powers: is he can pick you up and de-level you, and you are permanently de-leveled. Damn. And um, uh, I had a really bad run fighting that boss, where he de-leveled me five times, and I just didn't have the patience anymore. So I um, tooled my character such that uh, I reduced the like visibility radius of my character. So the boss couldn't see me, and then I sniped him with arrows until he died. Because nice. it was uh, like I, I, I was just, I was so mad at the game that I was going to beat it on my own terms. <laughs> and uh, just no, nothing, nothing feels quite as good as cheesing a boss that you've been stuck on for a while. I agree. In terms of other games, there's not too much more. There's like little things here and there. Like I'm still playing Pokemon Sword. Um, I still play a couple other, like, little RPGs. I haven't played Destiny in a really long time, now that I think about it. Uh, but Doom Eternal as well. That's that's the big one. Oh, I thought uh, you finished Doom Eternal. Um, I'm, like, close. I was going to finish it this week, but then just uh, school stuff and finals happened. So I, I kind of tabled it and said, it's okay if I don't. It's, in my opinion, not as good as this game, which we should jump into. So before we do, uh, I have been, uh, just just on a whim, uh, I was emulating the N64 game Rocket Robot on Wheels, which is a bargain bin collectathon. And I was just playing it for some nostalgia, because it's fun to poke around and stuff like that. But... Uh, similar to the N64 itself, this game has just aged like milk, so it's it's kind of fun to just poke around in games like this. It was made by Sucker Punch, the same people that did uh, Sly Cooper, Infamous, and Ghost of Tsushima. So yes, it's it's fun to look at it from that angle as well because you can see a lot of um, it, it 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 feels like a really big practice. If that makes sense. The way that, like, Jack 2 feels like a prototype for um, Uncharted. Uh, this feels like a prototype for something bigger. I haven't played any of the Sly Cooper games, but 
Uh, I don't know. It just it feel it feels like a prototype of a more interesting game, if that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. But while I was playing Rocket Robot on Wheels, it reminded me of uh, what you and I were talking about. Uh, I think a week ago, which was that uh, Doom twenty sixteen, the game that we're supposed to be talking about for this episode, uh, has a lot in common with like Metroidvanias. I think, because it's kind of Metroidvania adjacent. I think that they live on the same block because you're rewarded for rooting around in the mud for secrets. You expand your arsenal and your skill set throughout the game. And a lot of the gameplay is informed specifically by exploration and secrets. So I wouldn't call Doom 2016 a Metroidvania, even though I call everything a Metroidvania. But uh, I do think that these live on the same block. Would you agree? Yeah, I think you're right in a lot of ways. Um, like, the level design is very similar to what a what has to go into level design for a Metroidvania. And if it wasn't, like, a first-person shooter with very action-y combat, like, the only difference is that in a Metroidvania, when you go to new screens, like, you have to replay kind of the level to make it out. And in Doom, once you've got stuff dead, it's dead. Yeah. Oh, I, I just, I, I think, I think what we were talking about was that this game shows that there's still a lot of space to be explored with these kinds of like action, almost Metroidvania things. But I have two questions for you, Jordan. Sure. The first one is a big brain question, which is, are collectathons Metroidvanias? For instance, Banjo and Kazooie and Rocket Robot on Wheels, you both, in both of those games, you unlock movement abilities and progress based on your exploration, and sometimes you're required to get something from one area and bring it back to another area to finish progressing in it. Um, I wouldn't say so. I would say that collectathons, like, generally scratch a different itch because they're not like a Metroidvania still has the aspect of progression via bosses. And how, like, the relief is rooted in a combat system instead of a collectible system. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, a, it's a much different tension curve when you look at it. And that's the only reason why I wouldn't say so. Uh, but at the same time, like, I also want to say that the point to it is that collectathons just have a different feeling. Even if you go about collecting it in the same way of a natural Metroidvania, to me, I can't say so because it, it just, it wouldn't, even if you have all the systems to back it up, there's a, a gameplay loop problem that I would stop at before I would call it a Metroidvania. Well, then let me follow up with a Galaxy Brain question, which is, are Metroidvanias collectathons? And I want you to think about it because... In Metroidvanias, you're basically on a, on a quest to collect, and ain't nothing gonna stop you from getting every shiny thing in the Hollow Nest. Noah's a Jordan. There is um, a lot of well, the difference between a collectathon is the fact that you have to collect most of the things, and I would say most. In a lot of Metroidvanias, at least as they're classified now, you actually can beat the game without collecting very many things. Like you get. A if your main progression items is just a, a small subset of everything you're collecting, then I couldn't call it a collectathon. But if you're looking actively into making sure to beat the game, you collect everything. Um, 
than it would. Like in that I, same vein, I played a game. I, I was talking about Forager, and it's effectively a crafting simulator, mm-hmm. and that feels like a collectathon because you literally the museum next to it is give us X amount of thing, well, like of everything that is craftable in the game, and so for that completion, you feel like you have to collect literally at least one of everything in the game. Um, whereas if I was playing something like Hollow Knight, uh, I get the main story things that i need and i can beat the game with only like i don't know eight to ten charms of the 40 something maybe 50 right right but when but when you're actually playing when you're not kind of like optimizing your roots do you not root around for all the secrets do you not try to collect all of the charms do you not try to like find the swordsmith and upgrade with all of your like soul tiers or whatever they're called to upgrade the um is is it the pick or the needle what what's your sword called in that game oh the nail yeah the nail like you're do do you not hunt down all of the nail upgrades and stuff like that like if you're if it's just tuesday afternoon and you're playing a game uh you know funny enough it depends like in my first playthrough of hollow knight no i like it was hard enough for me that i didn't choose to collect everything willing like knowing that i could Knowing that mm-hmm. if I just spent a little bit more time to explore, I could be doing that kind of stuff. But because of like the way the gameplay worked and how I wanted to progress the first time, no. But when I would go back to it a second time with the knowledge of how to play and how to beat the game uh, in a quicker fashion, oh, absolutely. Like I'm on my third playthrough of Hollow Knight now. And it is a playthrough of trying to 100% or like 112% the game. And I think that it, it's all a matter of perspective. Like sometimes uh, you might walk into like Assassin's Creed and get all the feathers, right? And sometimes mm-hmm. you might just play it because you lost a bet and you need to play the Assassin's Creed games all in a month. But would you agree that... At- the very least, Metroidvania and Collectathons are next door neighbors. Yes, I would definitely say that they are next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I I would like to see more games that are inspired by Banjo Kazooie and um, and Doom. Like I I think that I think that there's a happy there's a happy medium there. There's something in between that that I would like to see, and I'd just like to see more people playing in more game spaces because. Uh, how many battle royales came out in 2020? Goodness knows. But how many truly deeply genre pushing games came out in 2020? I don't know. The world, the world will find out in 10 years, I suspect. Yeah, when they become retro. But anyway, Doom 2016. Yes. So, uh, Jordan, this was this was your suggestion. So why don't you tell us why uh, you picked Doom 2016? So Doom 2016 has been in my backlog since uh, 2017, 2018, um, where I got, I would say, to the advanced research complex. Yeah, half to two-thirds of of the way through the game. And my save file got corrupted. Oh, no. Uh, It was... In, it was during a transfer of a couple of things from one Xbox to another, and 
I it basically said you got to start over, kid. Got to do it. And I I had not beaten a Doom game before, and I had always wanted to. So I figured, if anything, having a podcast about going in your backlog and beating <laughs> games you haven't beaten was a a good place for this. Uh, I so I I think I've played the original Doom on like Super Nintendo emulators before. I don't think I've ever really dug into Doom as a series before. So I I, I bought my copy when you suggested we did this one, um, but. I've played a lot of like Serious Sam and Painkiller, and I would put Bulletstorm in that kind of genre. And yes. I do really like games in this style, but uh, there's nothing quite like uh, I. I really miss Serious Sam. I uh, I it, like play, playing this game made me want to go into Steam and download Serious Sam. Nice. So uh, this this did kind of like uh, bring up old itches that haven't been scratched in a while. So good. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm glad that we played this. Uh, so I'll introduce the game for everybody. Uh, officially, this game is titled Doom, but everybody calls it Doom 2016 because it's really dumb to duplicate names in a series. Uh, I just like big thumbs down from me anytime that it's like uh, like if if you if you call two different games in the same series Doom, just thumbs down. Uh, do you do you want to weigh in on that? Kinda, yeah, cause like this is Doom Four. Uh, yes and no, but like basically, it, it was it's basically Doom Four. It is basically Doom Four. Like it's, I believe, a remake of the first Doom, if that's the right way of saying it. Yeah, um, or like a reimagining. In in all honesty, because they're incredibly different games at this point. I do. Um, so from what I read, uh, some some of what happened in previous Doom games is canon. So like when they're like when the the big scary demon voice guy is talking about the Doom Slayer, I believe that that is to suggest that this character that we're playing as is the same character from other Doom games, and that the demons know who he is because he always ruins their day. Yeah. So I do I, I do think that there's technically continuity, but it, it this is just a big throwback, and it's cool. It's cool that they went back to it instead of like because Doom Three was very different than the other series from the rest of the series, from my understanding. I watched my dad play some of it, but uh, so I I know that Doom Three was very different than what a lot of people were expecting it to be. So I think that they started with this as Doom Four, and then partway through development shifted to just say why isn't this just something more digestible with cranked up weapons cranked up demons make everything really fast and make everything feel good and just like make a big shooty tooty rooty kabooty kind of game <laughs> indeed uh so this game was developed by id software the same people that made all of the other doom games um they've made a lot of interesting shooters in the 90s, uh, it was kind of the uh, the big guys that got the first-person shooter genre really going. Uh, for a long time, first-person shooters were referred to as Doom clones, which uh, I'm glad we've moved on from that. I agree. Uh, I'm looking forward to when we move on from things like Metroidvania so that your average person can actually understand what that kind of game is supposed to entail, for instance. Yes. Same with, uh, with Roguelike. Uh, there's nothing funnier than reading people on the internet bickering about whether something is a roguelike or a roguelite or a roguelite light or a roguelike light 
or like it just gets nonsense and like it it at, at a certain point all of those words just cease to have meaning yeah so I'm glad that we've moved on from Doom Clone in any event. So uh, the high-level premise of this game is you play as Doom Guy, who is now known as Doom Slayer, which uh, I don't know if it's cooler than Doom Guy or not, but uh, whatever. Uh, and I you're like Doom bitch- Guy, but whatever. Yeah, I like Doom Guy better as well. So uh, from here on out, I'm just referring to him as Doom Guy. But uh, Doom Guy is on a mission to kill all of the demons who have escaped from hell on the planet Mars. And that's that's pretty much all you need to know about what goes on in this game. And it came out on May 13th, 2016, on just about everything. It was on PC, PS4, Xbox, Switch, and Jordan. Within the last six months, this game was released on another gaming platform. Would you care to enter a guess as to what that was? The Ouya. I would love it if it was the Ouya, and I knew you were going to guess the Ouya, but I can give you a few clues if uh, if you think that you can figure this out. Uh, I can't, because I've looked at, like, I've done my own research on this, and I can't find a platform it released on in the last six months. Yes, it was. Don't Google it. Don't Google it. I want you to guess. Uh, the Wii U. Uh, no, that would be excellent if it did. Uh, it did just come out on Switch, I think, in, like, 2018. But it's in the last six months. I'm confident about this. I looked it up. So I'll give you a clue. The platform it was just released on was known during development as Project Stream. Oh, is it Stadia? It is. It is Google Stadia. And as you know, everyone plays games on Google Stadia. You can play games on your Chromecast. What a time to be alive. Hey, that's uh, I I'm learning that that's a lucrative way if you're if you're a Google person. Google doesn't play nicely with a lot of uh, um, like games and just uh, I guess gaming platforms. Like you can't play Arena on uh, Chrome OS. No, you cannot. Uh, uh, so... I was deeply disappointed to learn that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, have you got anything else about uh, Doom background? Um, just that it was one of those games that people talk about being in development hell for a really long time. Uh, they, I believe they changed their engine at some point during development and had to kind of create a new one. Right. I might be wrong on that one but uh i think it's the map editor something along those lines of uh one of the things that they used to make the game they had to redo because of i think the technical limitations of moving from 360 to xbox one because mm-hmm. i this started um a long time ago like this, this long, has been in development for like a decade at least yeah. indeed and many things happened during those years to make it so it was not as easy to develop. And we, you, you, it, I'm glad that they made a finished product like this, and it holds up in 2020. But man, it took them a while. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I mean, that was all the facts that I pulled off of Wikipedia. So, uh, do you want to talk about Doom? Let's talk about it. So, uh, this game, so uh, the game's kind of joyful and pointedly storylight, so I think we should talk about the characters first. Uh, so, uh, obviously, we have Doom Guy, who, like I said, he's promoted to Doom Slayer halfway through the game. 
Uh, apparently the prophets in hell foresaw his arrival or something. Like you get these tomes that kind of give you story beats. And um, uh, whoever was in charge of preparing for him <laughs> did not do a very good job. So I think that hell should get some better event coordinators because like you really just stomp all of them. Oh, uh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, it's one of those uh, really fun questions of like, uh, is he just that? good at killing demons that there was nothing that they could have done or were they really poorly prepared who knows who's to say i want i want to say a little bit of both i want to say people are just like or demons really because they're not people demons are up there just like yeah we we know he's gonna come and then he just busts through the door <laughs> oh not right now here. <laughs> oh look at that oh god there's a bullet in my stomach yeah, I, I just I, I like the idea that the demon's hubris is what caused um, him to be able to tear them to pieces so effectively. But <laughs> yeah, it, 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 but it, it really is just one of those things. Like, is he just the best? Because he does one thing and one thing only, and he he throw he shows throughout the game that the only thing he knows how to do is kill demons. He uh, knows how to love too. Whenever he gets a one of the doom dolls or like the doom guy. Um, collectibles he always like scratches its neck or like does something cute with it it's real fun to take that outside of the context of the game because if you if you saw that happening i'm literally looking at a picture right now where he's just like playing with the hand a little bit like making the hand wave to him <laughs> I'm like that's the most wholesome thing in a game that uses the 666 engine yeah, uh, I I suppose so. Uh, he he knows how to um, he knows how to take a break. I suppose so. He he knows he knows how to kill demons. And he knows when to take a break. So yeah, I'm uh, sure he has a cola every so often. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta crack a can of coke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so next up, we've got Doctor Samuel Hayden, who is a scientist Robo Man, whose ruse is so thin that he should just not even pretend that he's not going to betray you. Yeah. Uh, and he's kind of guiding you uh, along the way and helping you. But if you didn't realize that he had ulterior motives from the second that you, that you met him, then I, I can't help you. <laughs> and uh, but it's it's so transparent. It's so transparent that he's up to no good. I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, Samuel Hayden's voice actor, though. It's Darren DePaul. Mm-hmm. And that guy has done absolutely everything. It, yeah. His IMDb is ridiculous. Like he, first and foremost, he's Reinhardt from Overwatch, but he's also, um, oh my god, he's so many things. He's a little bit like Keith David, where like you've just heard him everywhere, and it's really yes. hard to place it because you've just heard him everywhere. A hundred percent. His voice is very iconic, and his range is is insane and it's one of those where when i heard him i did not think it's him until like you look and you're just like of course this guy can do anything anyone why why would i think not he can even use his own voice to synthesize the sound of a robo man <laughs> right like this guy has been in god of war he's been in destiny he's been in spider-man fallout 76 uh, Magic the Gathering, Apex Legends, Sekiro, Final Fantasy XV. Like, my God, he's got quite the repertoire. Is he Gladio in Final Fantasy XV? 
No, he's um Arden. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, okay. And isn't that something though? Like you hear that and you say, Oh, oh really? Oh, interesting. Mm. And you kind of hear all the other ones and you just think, man, this guy's gone done quite a lot of stuff. Dude gets a lot of work. I like hearing that. Yeah. Good job, so, David the Paul. You did a good job. Nice job, man. So next up we've got Olivia Pierce, who is a demon obsessed, mostly robo skeleton woman, uh, who tried to schedule a oh, video call God. with the demons, but uh they came over instead, so now there's just demons everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it. <laughs> like she, I, I don't think that she appreciated exactly um, what she was doing when she invited the demons to come over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, we've also got Vega, who is an AI companion, but he's just a little bit redundant because you already have Doctor Hayden, who's like FaceTiming you all the time, man. I wish that you could just hang up on these people sometimes, <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, like, you already have a robo-companion. I don't know why you needed to. And um, there's a part later in the game where they try to, like, make you... Uh, like, you have to shut Vega down, and the game's kind of, like, framing it as if, like, you'd be kind of disappointed, but it's just like, I don't really care. It's it's kind of hard to empathize with this character that's, like, been in three scenes. Yeah. And then last, I think that the head demon is kind of a character. I couldn't find much. Like, is is there a name for the main demon that like does the weird spooky voice and yells like "kill him"? Oh, is it? It's not the final demon. No, because the final demon's Livia. But like the the one that's like when you're in the final level, like you hear it yelling all the time at the demons, like "Do not let him escape! Do not let him live!" Uh, no, honestly, I couldn't tell you, but if I had a guess, and this is a, a little bit of a spoiler, um, for Doom Eternal, at the very beginning of Doom Eternal, I lost my stuff when you, like, you're base. I think you are either on Mars or in Hell, um, mm -hmm. and you just, like, you're trying to escape whatever thing you're in. It looks like Mars. I would say it's Mars. And there is a giant demon. And by giant, I mean, like, would eat a skyscraper like it's a Twix bar. <laughs> and every when I saw that, the first thing I thought of was that, that giant demon voice. Because that demon voice could only be coming from something as monstrous as that. Mm. Okay. Well, um, in any event, I don't think that demon has a name or... It, it really does much. It, yeah, I think it, it's it's definitely that demon that has recorded all of these like journals for you to listen to, talking about the Doomslayer. I've got a better theory. What's that? It's the voice of the BFG. Yes, the BFG is talking to you. And the BFG has <laughs> just been around for so long that it's just like, you know what? i got to write down some of the stories. I've been a part yeah. of this thing for a while now, folks. Yeah, I got I to gotta start talking to people. I didn't know I was sentient until now, but hey. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like Grimoire Vice, where like, <laughs> a, a, uh, he, he can't really remember what he's been up to, but he knows that he's been doing things. <laughs> it's very true. Uh, so uh, if you guys want a little peek behind the scenes, uh, I typically crack open a plot summary when I'm writing the notes for these, just so that I'm not purely going off the dome. And occasionally I pick up on a little detail or something that I missed. 
regarding this story, but when I was reading the story for this game, Doom 2016, I genuinely have no idea where they got half of this information. And I played the game from start to finish. I can't corroborate more than like 5% of what I read in the story summary. Uh, my understanding of the story from a nutshell was that like Doom guy fights demons and sometimes people talk at him. Yeah. And like individual chapters you get a little bit of story where like you're kicking in sensors or you're climbing a tower but like apparently dr samuel hayden has like a whole backstory and had brain cancer and that's why he's a robot and like there was a bunch of other stuff like it was a long plot summary of a game where like you like you doom guy doesn't even talk doom guy just kills demons yeah doom guy is just sent he's the voiceless protagonist yeah Um, so, because he's voiceless, because he's kind of, like, emotionless, I role-played it, like, he didn't really care what was going on. So, like, holograms would appear in front of you, and I would just, like, walk past him, because Doom Guy's here to fight demons, not to listen. But I yeah. can't imagine, even in those moments, for you to get, like, long, expository information. So, like, were, were you paying more attention to what was going on than that? I mean... Kind of what the, I want to say that the the story of Doom is not really what attracts a person to Doom, in my opinion. Absolutely um, not. Absolutely it, it's not. Like the gameplay and the level design, and when you've got gameplay like Doom, you just kind of have to make a story around it, and it the story at the end of the day just becomes Doom guy is killing demons. Yeah. do something to surround that if you will but make sure he's always just killing demons yeah i i mean i almost would have just respected it a little bit more if there had just been no story like if it was just like walk forward shoot demons because that's <laughs> uh, that, that that's basically what happens in the original doom i've played a few hours of the first doom like i said and like with serious sam like i don't even know if you get a story prompt or if it's just like your sam shoot stuff yeah. But uh so if if anybody is interested in the story, uh the Union Aerospace Corporation, the UAC, was studying how to harness energy from hell to power their society, and that's all clear. You're informed of all of that. That's all pretty upfront. Like you you kind of just like piece that together. But they're using Argent technology, which uh, siphons energy from hell, and it's based on these artifacts that they've been studying in their Mars research facility. And I think that the exposure to the artifacts is what drove Olivia Pierce a little bit crazy, and it put her in contact with the demons, and they promised her power and a seat among them if she released them. So she opens a portal to hell and invites the demons over for a party, and it goes about as well as that sounds. So, um, uh, I don't know how or where, but Samuel Hayden has a sarcophagus with Doom Guy in it that was, like, because he was, like, sealed in hell, and they pulled him back over. A lot of that was really unclear, but uh, they, yeah. they wake you up. Uh, you were in a sarcophagus. Uh, he calls you on FaceTime, and he says, go kill demons, and Doom Guy's like, all right, and you pick up a big old shotgun and just start shooting demons until they die. Uh, and then you chase Olivia around so that you can get to hell and stop the invasion. Uh, later in the game, you learn about this thing called the Crucible, which is an artifact that's going to allow you to stop the demons for good. So you travel back and forth from hell to navigate between the worlds. You fight a lot of demons. And then ultimately, uh, you seal the, the, the portal from the demon side. 
And then Olivia Pierce turns into a giant spider monster and you fight her. And uh, once she's dead, you end up back on Mars and Dr. Hayden steals the crucible from you because he says that they can harness the powers of hell as long as Doom Guy doesn't kill all the demons. So then he teleports you away. And that's Doom. Yeah. Uh, um, have you got anything to add to that? Other than just like uh, the spider demon is like the spider demon you fight at the end of this. Uh, is a big nod to... I mean, it is a spider demon from the other Doom games. So okay. uh, that was kind of the one thing I knew going into this. Like, if you look up spider demon, it's existed in all pretty much all the Doom games, um, even the RPGs, and it's a very iconic thing. And when I saw it, I, I actually was able to do a little nod, be like, oh, interesting, cool. That's a, that's a fun little, like, homage to the older games. Oh, yeah. I just looked that up, and um, seeing it side-by-side side to what looks like the first Doom, uh, that that is really cool. I like that they did that. It's very Mother Brain. Uh, it is, yeah. And, um, uh, like, Olivia herself almost looks like... Uh, have you ever seen um, Captain N, that old Nintendo cartoon? No. Uh, it's awful. Look it up if you get 10 minutes. Like, Simon Belmont is, like, a leather jacket wearing, like, emo kid, and it's very strange. But um, uh, Mother Brain uh, is a recurring character, and, like, watching Mother Brain walk around, like, the character animation for Mother Brain is really creepy. But Olivia Pierce reminded me a lot of Mother Brain from Captain Anne. Interesting. Oh, that's a uh, weird-looking thing. Isn't it? Did you it would it? be made. Yeah, it would be made by Gunpei Yokoi. Did he design? Did he make the show? Uh, he created the character of Mother Brain. Oh, well, I mean, Mother Brain from like actual Metroid looks bizarre and intimidating, and the concept of like a gigantic brain that rules over a bunch of space pirates is pretty sweet in general. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I think we've, we've kind of covered everything about the story and the plot and the characters that's, uh, that's worth discussing, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of Doom. Uh, you run, you jump, you shoot, and you press R3 to interact with doors. Yes, uh, you do. And, uh, all of those things feel really good. This game is really polished. Doom guy is lightning fast. I was not expecting him to be as light on his feet as he is. Oh yeah, this game is if one if it is one thing incredibly fast paced and always like action packed until like you beat all the enemies and you have to do some exploring. But it's like every room as soon as that music comes, you you know you're in for a fight. And the deeper into the game you go, the more and more you're fighting. So yeah, they they uh, you get. You get more and more and more and bigger and bigger and bigger guns. All of them feel responsive, and this game is just kind of breezy. But really, really, Doom Guy feels like he's on roller skates or that he's like gliding off of the ground a good like four or five inches, and it's just refreshing to play something that's just so fast. Doom oh, Guy yeah. is so fast. Oh, and getting haste, my God, you're the lightning. You're yeah. the definition of speed. <laughs> Uh, so this is a good chance to talk about uh, the power-ups then. So, uh, so you've got you've got haste, you've got uh, quadruple damage, which uh, I like that there's no double damage. They just skip. They they, they just they skip to the good stuff. Yeah, they skipped double. Screw triple. Let's just be quadruple. 
Yeah, and like you're glowing, you're glowing deep purple as your super shotgun just like blows holes in otherwise uh, annoying to fight demons. Like it's just like, nope, you're just dead now. See you later. I've got more demons to kill. But let's talk about the best upgrade, or excuse me, the best power up of all of the power ups. And that is the fist power. You punch demons to death. Like Berserk, it's just yeah, or berserk. That's what it's called. But it's just like you just keep punching demons, and yes. every time that you punch one of them, it just immediately glory, glory kills them. And like Doom guy just ripping demons to pieces with his hands, too cool. It's so satisfying. Berserk was indeed my favorite power up of all of them as well. Uh, in vulnerability, I, too many times I just didn't use it. Uh, yeah, quad damage it, was like it, I really need to clear a room, so I'm going to pick up the quad damage. But every time I saw Berserk, I waited. I was like, I need to get as many demons as I can in one little area, and then I'm gonna pick that up and just start punching them to death. Uh, yeah. I one one slight problem I had with the power ups is that you can't really tell how long the waves are going to last. So like you walk right. into a room and it triggers the demons to come out. And generally speaking, uh, they send out the kind of like chaff demons first. So there's like some zombie style guys. There's the imps that throw fireballs at you. There's this, that, and the other thing. But after a while, it kind of triggers like the end of the wave and they send out like uh, the, the, the knights. Is that what they're called? With the, like, uh, white skull that look like... Um, oh, yeah. Almost, yeah, those guys are really cool. I really like their aesthetic. But I think those are called knights, and then they've got, like, the big fat demons that kind of chuckle. Um, anyway, it's hard to gauge how far into the wave you are, so I would often, like, do the first half and then pick up, like, Berserk or whatever, and then I would have the power-up for a very long time. And, yeah. Like, after the battle was over. So it was a little bit difficult to decide when to activate them. And that's that's an odd complaint, but I liked that they were there at least. Right. It's also very odd and specific of how long a power-up lasts. Every power-up lasts 27 seconds. Oh, that's very specific. Yeah, and when I first read that doing the research for this game, I said, there must be a good reason, and I want someone to explain to me what it is. I've yet to find it, but, like, why 27 exact seconds? Why not 25? Why not 30? Uh, it, it's got to be something with the design of, like, the combat. But if they're that specific, I'm for it. I think that's cool. Absolutely. Uh, so something we just talked about a little bit is the glory kills, which are you can stagger enemies once you deal. So, like, if an enemy has... Uh, 100 health and you do 80 damage to them, for instance, then they go into stagger mode. And you can approach them and press R3, like you do interacting with anything. <laughs> and uh, Doom Guy will do a specific, like, gruesome body blow, awesome kill cutscene, where like, you'll crack their skull, or you'll like, tear their leg off and beat them to death with it. But like, it's it, they, they're all, like, demon-specific and are kind of funny in a way, like um, the jetpack demons, he'll like, uh, like rig it to explode, and the demon like shoots off and blows up, and that's kind of cute. So they're 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 kind of fun, and that encourages you. To, oh, and when you do the glory kills, you get ammo and health and armor and other like 
necessary things to keep fighting. So the game, because of that, encourages you to always be pushing forward. You're always on the offensive. And it's a cool way to encourage players to play the game in a specific way. Yeah, it actually adds some strategy to it because when you're, especially in higher difficulties, oh, I should have said that. Um, I beat this game on the second highest difficulty. I think uh, I was just playing on Hurt Me Plenty, which I think is normal. Yeah, that's definitely normal. That was what I started with the first time. Um, and then I was like, I've actually played this before and I've played quite a few FPSs, so I know what I'm doing here. But. Um, I also wanted to add, like, the the fat demon, the big mm. old, like, chuckling one. His glory kill is you take out his stomach and feed it to him. And, and then, then he blows just, up. It, and then he blows up, and that's perfect. That's exactly it's, the kind of glory kill I want for that, that demon. It's so strange. I liked a lot of them. You see them a lot. You see all of them a lot. But uh, yeah. so, some, some of them uh, are continually funny. Yeah, but you have to be, like, strategic, because that's kind of how you get your ammo in most, like, harder versions of the game. Because, obviously, it takes much more to kill the the demons, so you need to be glory-killing a lot. And that takes... It, when you're in big scenarios where you can die quite easily, it takes some good maneuvering and strategy to make sure that happens. Yeah, and it is kind of fun to play around with, uh, like, when is the right time to purposefully go for a stagger versus just outright killing something or mm -hmm. um like you see that there's three or four enemies that are all staggered at the same time do you want to just try to like tear three guys and risk something big coming over in that time or do you want to just like shoot a rocket and kill them all now and that's kind of fun it's 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 cool to have a little bit of like cost benefit on the fly where it's like make a split second decision right yeah so, Jordan, what were That's your go-to weapons? Oh my god, what a question. Um, okay. That's... So I use just about every weapon at all times, because you have to. Hmm. Like, there's just not enough ammo to, to have a standard weapon that you, uh, you use. But, like, my go-to get stuff done was obviously the BFG. Uh... <laughs> Like, once you learn that that is what that gun does, you make sure you have it at all times. Yes. Um, I use the rocket launcher quite often, uh, just because of it being amazing. The Gauss cannon, which... The, uh, the plasma cannon? The, yes. It's like a rail gun. Yes, yes. Yeah. That shoots yeah, a the... big beam, and like it's, it's got like a one-second delay on shooting it. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. there's the plasma guns, which is kind of like um, uh, like an assault rifle in a way, yes. except it shoots plasma. But the Gauss cannon, for not like sure. That. Yeah, I mean, well, weirdly enough, if you upgrade it, it's actually pretty good. Like, the stun bomb is uh, a pretty decent AoE um, oh, against those stun, demons. Stun bomb was the last uh, mastery that I picked off of one of the little hanger droids. Like, uh, I just, I didn't touch that gun. I was too busy with the super shotgun. It rules. Yeah. Uh, generally speaking, I don't really like double barrel shotguns, but once the super shotgun is powered up all the way, it's just fantastic. And uh, they tell you that you're going to like the super shotgun the best, and then you like the super shotgun the best. 
And yes. They they knew it was the best, so they put ammo for it everywhere. You're just like it's it's just if if there is a standard go to gun in this game, it's the super shotgun. It's just too it, cool. It is, and my favorite thing about the super shotgun is it's so good it can't be modded. You can't make it better than it is. Yeah, like there's it's just a there's there's one upgrade path, and it's like uh, reload a little bit faster, do a little bit more damage. And then yeah. one, of, one of them is like, you can fire it twice now instead of just once. And it's like, huh, what a cool little upgrade tree. Because yeah. like, you, can't, you can't fix what ain't broken. True. Yeah. But I, of those guns, yeah, those are, those are the ones I use the most. BFG, uh, Goss Cannon, and Rocket Launcher. Whereas I liked, I think the chain gun was my next favorite weapon. I love, I love miniguns in games, especially when there's like a um, speed up without firing button. Mm -hmm. That's just, it's a mechanic that I really like. They had that in Time Splitters 2. And anytime that the minigun was available in that game, I would just go crazy with it. I just, I really like miniguns. It's, it's I thought it was really good too. Like I, I did the same thing. I would use the chain gun as I know that I'm around a corner and demons are coming. So might as well like let them come to me and mow them down so I can get like a little bit of reprieve. The only thing that I don't like about the chain gun is that because of the way the timing works, it's hard to get glory kills with them. I uh, yeah, that yeah, I see that. And because it's a fast-paced game, I was just, like, more of the time I would shotgun something, throw a rocket at their feet, and then glory kill, and then get the deuce out of there. Mm. So, As you do. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the chainsaw. The chainsaw is one of the coolest mechanics I've seen in a first-person shooter in a very long time. Really, now? I love the chainsaw. I love the implications of the chainsaw. Uh, you can use it Anytime you bust out your chainsaw and it is a one-shot, one-kill weapon that uses up a lot of its own diminishing resource. So, yep. like, if you want to kill, like, a normal zombie, it costs, like, one. But if you want to kill one of the knights, it costs three. And if you want to kill one of the, like, giant hell overlord guys, it might cost, like, five or six. And you can yeah. ever only ever have a maximum of six. So you have to be judicious about when you use the chainsaw but the yes. bigger the enemy that you kill with your chainsaw the more ammo pours out like a slot machine and in the middle of a really difficult battle you can just bust out your chainsaw kill the biggest thing in the room and then completely replenish every single one of your guns and often they also spit out a bunch of health too so it's like it's just like a refresh in the middle of the battle. It's like using an elixir yeah. in Final Fantasy. Like, it's just like everything's back. Just go ballistic. Yeah, it is a very important weapon to have. And thankfully, one you get at the very beginning of the game. Oh, speaking of getting at the very beginning of the game, uh, I loved that you found guns in secret spots. So yes. if you poke around in the game, you can find like that plasma assault rifle that Jordan was talking about a minute ago, very early in the game. I think it's in like the second mission. But yeah. if you didn't crawl around underneath the like guard station, you might not have found it. And it might have been not until like chapter three or four that you got that weapon. But 
early in the game, having three or four different weapons that have different ammo types is a godsend. It just it gives you so many more options to have different types of guns, and I really liked how well hidden some of the guns were. Like the uh, yeah. that plasma cannon, the Gauss cannon, maybe I can't remember the name of it, but like it's at yeah. like the bottom of an elevator shaft. You basically have to do a uh, like a jump of faith. I just it, I I really liked the way that the secrets were layered in this game. Yeah, and we'll we'll get to collectibles and secrets in a minute. Um, but that was. What you said was very astute. I was talking to a buddy uh, who had played Doom within the last, like, six to nine months. And uh, I was saying, like, oh, I'm playing it for a podcast. Like, uh, we're just shooting the shit about it. And uh, apparently he went through the entire game and did not get the chain gun, the BFG... Or the uh, uh, plasma gun? No. Is it possible to get the BFG? Yeah. He said he never got the BFG. When I told him what it was and what it did, he's like, oh my god, that would have been so cool to have. I thought that this... The the, the BFG I thought was story-gated. I thought it was too, and... I believe that it was, but he said he never got it, and I I have no reason to not believe him. How strange. I can't imagine this game without the BFG. The BFG clears rooms, by the way, if anybody's been... Oh, yeah. Oh, well... It it, it does a boatload of damage to everything in the room. Yeah. And in a lot of cases, that's more than enough damage to kill the enemies. Oh, uh, Oh, absolutely, yeah. And it's got its own special ammunition, too. Yeah, it's similar to the chainsaw, where, like, you need to know when to use it, you need to know why to use it, and you need to have a backup plan for when uh, you clear a wave of enemies, and then another wave comes, and it's, like, four knights in the same room. <laughs> and, like, you gotta move. Move fast. And move right. I I, yeah. I liked I liked the kind of, like, emergent strategy of this. This game has a lot of good split-second decision-making. Uh, So, in addition to the weapons themselves, there's also the weapon upgrade trees. So, you get, like, you can kind of, like, buy one upgrade. You find these droids, and you kind of grab them in the face and punch them. And then uh, it gives you, like, an upgrade path for one of the shotguns where you get, like, a grenade launcher or you get an auto-fire button. For the chain gun, you get, like, a button where you can hold down and spin, speed up your chain gun so that it's always at maximum velocity. Or you can get, like, a turret mode for it where you get three different uh, chain gun barrels. So, like, you can kill more enemies faster or you can walk around and always deal max damage. So, like, you, you have an A and a B version of each gun for the most part. Some of them don't. Like, the super shotgun. There's only one mode because you only yeah. have one mode. But right. Uh, and then uh, after you've gotten the uh, the mods for them, uh, then you have to complete a challenge to get the the mastered version, which is generally a really 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 big upgrade to them. So like the grenade launcher attachment, if it if the grenade kills an enemy, then uh, that enemy shoots grenades out of it that explode, and then those grenades also chain. So you can have like a little chain reaction, just like blowing up kind of fodder demons. Yeah, uh, but um, the, the the one for the turret gun means that the turret doesn't ever overheat, and that's bonkers. Yeah, it should be known that getting the only one I got was the rocket launcher. 
in the oh. entire game. Um, I had like sixty or seventy percent of mine mastered, but I, I I specifically opened up the menu and was like keeping track of everything and would like if I saw a situation that seemed like I could up my mastery, I would take it. Yeah, I think because of so many situations being difficult, like a lot of a them are stupid difficulty. Situations. Right, and like when I was playing on a harder difficulty, I just couldn't think about those things as much because mm-hmm. I was much more. Uh, worried about just getting through the encounter than trying to go through like the specific things necessary to get the mastery but I I still got the rocket launcher and it's it's insanely good one of the masteries for the goss cannon is I think you have to kill three demons in one shot and it's like do you know how annoying that is to set up and you have to do it I think ten times so yeah. all, I, I think I did it like three or four times because I, I was flipping through everything when I got to the last level to see if there's anything else that I could master. But um, it's like even with the quad damage, that's annoying to get. And it's like, when when did you think I was going to be able to do this? And I almost I almost wish that the mastery was a different kind of challenge or something. And I, I wish that. They, I don't know, uh, some, some of them were just so specific, like kill a specific type of demon with one shot of this specific weapon. And I don't know, it was a little frustrating. Yeah, it, it's a good challenge if you're going to play the game uh, fully. Like if you want to experience pretty much everything, it's something that you, you actively want to go after. Uh, but in a situation where you kind of want to get through the game and be done, it's not... You you can pick and choose the ones you want and you'll be satisfied. Let's put it that way. That's a really good way to put it. And even if you just dump the upgrade points into stuff, because, like, you get them all the time. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. talk about upgrade points in a sec, but, uh, like, you just... You get so many of them. There was a point in the game where I opened up the menu and saw that I had 22 weapon upgrade points available, and I was just like, when did that happen? Yeah. Uh, how how did that happen? And like fully upgrading a gun takes like 10 points. So I was just uh, I think that the the only thing I did not fully upgrade. I was one upgrade away from fully upgrading every weapon in the game. Nice. And uh, I, and that was something close to that if I remember correctly. But you just you get so many of them, you don't even need to worry about it. This game is just th- this game wants you to have every weapon fully upgraded. It, this game purposefully is designed so that you just feel like you can crush demons like cans of Pepsi. Like cans of Pepsi, honest to God. Uh, so I'd like to talk about the most frustrating part of the entire experience of Doom 2016. Oh. The rune challenges. Oh, really? Okay. I do not like them at all. I do not like them at all. Every time I saw one of them, it put me in a bad mood. Really? Really. I don't find stuff like this amusing. Uh, I was thinking about how um, this game is very similar to um, Time Splitters 2 in some ways. Uh, and I, I don't know exactly how to convey that but there were there's like an arcade mode in time splitters 2 where you could do um all kinds of challenges where it was like you're in a level and you need to use a a, an odd weapon like a throwable mine and you have to break all of the glass in the level 
And like you can't detonate the mines, like you just throw them. So it's just like the disc throwing, like like you're using a frisbee. And it's like break every window in the first part of this stage, or like if that makes sense. And yeah. those were silly, and they were often difficult. And if you wanted to get like the gold medal on the level, it was kind of hard. But to get to the like silver medal satisfaction where you're like, oh, okay, I, I completed this. I am done. I've unlocked the next challenge uh, was an amusing experience. And then like the final step was mastery of like getting the gold star. And I feel like the challenges in this game are so like, it's by such a slim margin. It's like you have 15 seconds to do this thing that takes 14 and a half seconds to do. And right. uh, I just, I, I felt like they were asking for an unreasonable amount of precision to get um, stuff that wasn't game-breaking, where it was like, you, like the, the, the range at which you grab health and ammo packs is slightly increased. So like, if it was five feet before, now it's like six feet. Right, they're little upgrades for a very high cost. Yeah, and there's there's one where it's like you have to run towards a like a fixed point in time, but you stop moving if you haven't killed an enemy in enough time. And I was stuck on that for maybe like 20 minutes and it just it I I felt like it was demanding a type of precision and a type of challenge that both didn't fit the reward and was almost intentionally frustrating instead of like it didn't make me want to do it again it made me want to throw my controller that's fair yeah that's uh, definitely fair however some of the runes that you get were awesome like the one that makes enemies have a chance to drop bfg ammo right yeah and that oh man holy god was that useful so stuff like that when you get an upgrade that's like Enemies have a 1 in 100 chance of dropping BFG ammo. Like, that's an amazing upgrade. That's the coolest thing that I had. I Like, that was just permanently equipped once I got the BFG. Like, I was just right. like, okay, yeah, I'm just using this all the time now. Forever, um, yeah. Uh, especially because, like, you could fire the BFG, and you had a relatively good chance of just getting a refund immediately. Yeah, and that just ended up being used multiple more times. Yeah, where, like, in one battle, I can fire the BFG five times. Especially in the last level, where they're, like... They, where there's just, like, BFG ammo lying around. And they're just like, yeah, just go crazy. Have a good time. I think one of the one of the level challenges in the final level is, like, kill 30 enemies with the BFG. And I think I got it within the first couple minutes of being on that stage. Yeah. And just that, go that crazy. Is, that, yeah, exactly. That speaks to this game's, like, mantra, which is just go crazy. Like, uh, have a great time throwing everything you can at demons because that's what you're going to be doing. Yeah, just and I, I, I like when the game wants you to do that. I like when the game is just like, yeah, just fire the BFG as many times as you want. I don't like when the game is like, you can't move because you're in a challenge mode and you have to shoot stuff, and you're going to be really bored because like you missed the objective by half a second. So try it again, Kevin. It's eleven o'clock at yeah. night. And you should be in bed. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so next up, we've got the Argent points, uh, which are like permanent upgrades to your health, armor, and ammo capacity. What did you prioritize with Argent points? Oh, God. At first, I think it was health. I believe it was health and then ammo. 
because I was using an obscene amount of ammo in the beginning. Um, and then shields was my last thing, but I, I didn't really like. That was one of those where, like the uh, like the upgrade points, I kind of got them regularly, mm. and didn't really care to. Like every time I'd go into a level, I'd kind of just see that I had a whole bunch of points and different things, and mm-hmm. would either use them or not, depending on if I felt I needed to in that situation. Okay, I feel that. Uh, I just dumped all every argent point I got. I just dumped into ammo until I maxed out ammo because I just wanted to go crazy. I'm I'm like a kid in a candy factory. I just want to shoot every gun all the time. Right. I mean, that's not a bad thing. That's what this game is there for. Uh, so upgrade points for the guns and suits. We've talked about this a little bit. Um, you get them for completing specific challenges in the level, but also for exploring. And like, uh, sometimes you'll go underneath the floorboards and you'll find a new gun. Sometimes you'll go into the floorboards and you'll find like upgrades for your suit. But the game always says like, congratulations for exploring. Like, we're glad that you're enjoying our game. And they just give you weapon upgrade points. And it was just fun to do that oh yeah um the game is about exploration like believe you me it wants to show you at every single possible interval that you turn a corner and there's something there for you and then there was one other thing that allowed you to kind of buy upgrade points and i think that we need to get down to brass tacks real talk serious business uh I know that you wanted to make this joke at some point in the episode, so I'm just going to set it up for you right now, Jordan. And that is? With what would you say the Doom guy uses to buy upgrades in this game? Uh, What type of currency does he use? He certainly uses demons as currency. (laughs) 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 Which is now officially the second game, I can say, that I have played that uses demons as currency. And I think it's the best currency, honestly. Like, if you, Kevin, think about this. You walk up to your local grocer, and you're like, I would like a candy bar. Grocer's like, that's two demons, please. <laughs> and you go <laughs> into your pocket, and you get two little, little, uh, beebles that are just, <laughs> they're scritching around. They're causing all sort of mayhem in your pocket. Uh, they've already burned your pants once today. And you just set them <laughs> on the counter, he puts them in the register, and you get your candy bar, and you go on your day. You can't tell me that's not the perfect scenario for life. It's the coolest, and uh, you get sometimes you just get points for killing demons. Like you'll you'll kill a big one in the game, just like here's an upgrade point. See you later. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's it's a good time. Uh, so on back on track of secrets and stuff. Uh, when I found Super Turkey Puncher 3D, I genuinely laughed out loud. Right. <laughs> I played I played that for a good five minutes. And uh, the game, like, it's just a little arcade machine in the game. Like, Doom Guy takes two minutes to himself to just stop and play an arcade game. And oh, yeah. the game is just, you you push the shoot button, and there's a turkey on screen, and there's a hand that punches the turkey. Like, it's it's everything it says on the tin. Yeah. It, it, oh, man, there's so many secrets in this game, too. That's kind of the secondary aspect of the level design is... Around every corner, there is something uh, interesting to interact with, whether it's a collectible 
or some kind of lore piece or a Doom guy. Um, like, or a game here. to play. Like, yeah, there, there's so much about, like, opening a secret room that you almost want to do literally all of them. Because you uh, never really know what you're going to get. We haven't talked about the best secrets, though. Which, which are is? The, uh, the levers that open up classic Doom areas. Yep. And it's just cool. It's such a funny idea. And I'm glad that they did something that silly. That, like, you're just a 3D character walking around in a two-dimensional, like, 90s PC game. And it's just funny. It's fun. I like it. Yeah, I really, really, really liked that. I only got to do, like, I think two or three of them. And they were all at the beginning. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I first saw that that was part of the game, like, obviously, I've only played a little bit of the very first Doom. So it's not, like, a giant nostalgia hit. But I can tell that that was one of the coolest, like, nods to OG Doom that they could have done. It's just putting it in the game. Uh, I think that you unlock full classic Doom levels for finding enough of them. Based on what I saw online, I think there's a trophy that's related to playing the classic Doom levels that you unlock. But I want to say I found seven or eight of the 13 total. But at a certain point, I just kind of got tired of scouring for every secret and just like got to playing the game but yeah uh the the, all of the classic doom levels are really well hidden uh some of them uh aren't fun to find and like you you finally go online and it's like uh like it's it's like hidden behind barrels that you have to like walk over and knock out of the way and stuff and that's that's not quite fun to my taste but one of the first levels early in the game, uh, where you get the chainsaw, like one of the first levels, um, there's a weird platform that you look up to and you're just like, I think I could jump to that. I think I could. And like, you just keep jumping and eventually like you find the right path to it. And it's like, huh, what does this lever do? And then you drop down. It's just like, oh, I'm in 2D Doom. And when, when moments like that happen, like where it's just like, could I jump to that platform? That's my kind of place to hide these things. I suppose, instead of, like, behind these three barrels. Uh, I, I like a little bit of both, honestly. Um, I like having it behind the barrels if it's, like, a level where you haven't found that many collectibles so you know something is up. Mm. Right? Like, th- there are a couple levels like that where I'd get, I would say, 50% through. And you can, you can tell because there's a progression bar at the top corner of the, the level. It tells you exactly how many secrets you've found. Yeah, it tells you how many secrets you found, and it tells you, like, how many waves of demons you've beaten. Mm. And once you get to, like, three or four, you know... Because it's, like, the five little circles. Remember at the top? Yeah. Yeah, and so once you get to, like, three or four, and you haven't found a collectible, you think, oh, man, I, I gotta go back. I've missed a lot of this, and I'm almost done with this level. Uh so then you do, and in that moment, you can kind of, like, retrace your steps, and backtracking is not uh, an amazing thing to have happen in a video game, but when it has some kind of good connotation towards it, like, you you know you're going to find some kind of collectible if you just kind of dig around deep enough, it, it's fun. It's like a little treasure hunt. The game constantly feels like you're on an Easter egg hunt, and, like, if I turn over this rock, there might be a candy bar. If I turn over that rock, there might be, like, a dollar hidden in an egg. And, like, I think, like, Uncle Bill 
He always hides a hundred dollar bill in one of the eggs, and it like it constantly feels like you might open an egg and there's going to be a hundred bucks in it. For instance, right? Like it it really feels like around the next corner might be the next best up, like the next coolest secret that you found, like Super Turkey Puncher. Right. Uh, so enemies, uh, I've got a special shout out to the imps. I hate them. I hate the imps because they're the okay. only enemy in the game that runs away from you. And there were a number of times where I would kill every enemy in a wave and then would spend like minutes finding the last imp. And you can't leave the area until you find it. And they're always like climbing up to the rafters, hanging out on the ceiling, haven't attacked you in two minutes, haven't gone to find you because they're just big old yellow-bellied cowards. Yeah, agreed. I, and then, oh, go ahead. I can't, I hate them so much. They're just terrible. Uh, everything else, I love the knights. Uh, I think that they're called pinkies, the kind of like rhinoceros-style enemies. Those guys had a little yeah. bit too much health for my liking. But I'd otherwise, other, I mean, ev every enemy in this game feels like it has 10% too much health. But right. <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, like it's it's a game where like you're you're meant to just keep shooting until stuff dies, and th they make you keep shooting. Like, oh well, I'm happy. Yeah. And then uh, one last special shout out: the Caco Demon, the one that looks like a beholder from D and D. Right. When they attack, they look like the floating head final boss from the Hot Chip I Feel Better music video. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and I was singing I Feel Better to myself the whole time that I was in that... I was just having a really good time. God, you're a peculiar person. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think of the bosses? I thought they were fun. I, I liked them as a... I felt that there weren't enough of them, honestly. I kind of oh. wanted a boss after every single level. Ooh, um, that would have turned me right off. And and I can see that, but when you're like, no, I guess not every single level, but maybe a couple more bosses would have been nice. Uh, only because I felt like you can kind of get through them fairly easily. Like, I, I never had trouble. I, I was never stuck on a boss. Uh, uh, I mean, I was never stuck for more than like 15 minutes, but I really didn't like the second half of the Cyber Demon fight. I really didn't like the first half of the the three guards fight, and um, I I would give the the spider dude a big thumbs down. And for me, it was always because like if you're in a first person view, having platforming challenges locked into a boss fight, like I just I don't have the peripheral vision necessary to see what I need to do. And there's a lot of stuff where like especially in the spider fight where she can like turn the floor into electricity. And yeah. there's not, like, it. she doesn't wind up. She's not doing the thing that says, like, oh, now the floor is about to become electricity. Like, all of her attacks look vaguely the same. And, um, like, because you can destroy all of the platforms around you, uh, there were at least three times in a row where I died because the floor turned into electricity and there was nothing that I could jump onto fast enough to okay. stop taking constant damage. And... I would have liked them more if they didn't have gimmicks like that. Like the Cyber Demon has like a, like a three wave Mega Man style. Like he 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 locks you into an alleyway and then shoots beams and like you have to just jump once. You can't double jump yeah. or you get hit by the wave that like knocks out like seventy five HP or something. 
Yeah. And I just, I found them a little bit frustrating. I don't think games like this need bosses, to be completely honest. Or, uh, okay, I, I guess you're right. But, like, oh, what was the first real boss? The first one when you get into hell where it's, I think the first time you see the knights, the real big ones, um, you're, it's just an arena where, like, more enemies are coming and you kind of have to bounce around the knights because they're just spawning more. Yeah, it's fairly I, early in the game. That was a good boss fight because it felt like uh, you're doing the normal gameplay stuff, but in a harder fashion. That is exactly what I am looking for from games like this. I wouldn't mind if they had like unique boss enemies, and I was in the arena and they had a different pattern or a different and like style of fighting against you. But I I didn't like that. It's like I'm now in a circular room. And the boss has a big health meter, and like I just have to circle strafe until it dies. Yeah. And I I don't know. I think uh, I more and more and more because I'm a grumpy old man. I just think that boss fights are really difficult to do, and I think that a lot of people should just avoid them. I don't know. Like I, I was playing Sonic a while ago, and uh, a lot of the Sonic boss fights are just bad. It's just, it's not fun to have to use platforming mechanics to, like, ride waves up into the air to hit the boss once. And I just, I, I feel like at some point people said, like, oh, it's a video game that needs to have a boss. And this game really felt to me like, oh, it's a video game that needs to have a boss. Kind of, yeah. I can, I can go along with that. I have a little bit of a different perspective just because I like boss fights a whole bunch. Um, uh -huh. And I like platforming mechanics in a boss fight. Uh, I mean, I, I like... Depends on the, it depends on the context. Like, you're right when it comes to a first-person shooter. Like, it, in first-person mode, I don't want to be uh, worrying about my platforming because I need to have peripheral vision as well. And that's sometimes a hard thing to do when, like, you have to maintain... Uh, visibility and sight against an enemy that is always having visibility and sight against you. Like, they don't have to worry about the first-person problem, only you do. Yeah, and I, I'd say, uh, I mean, a game that we've covered on this podcast, Mega Man X, has incredible boss fights. And uh, Metroid, Super Metroid in particular, ha is built on really good boss fights. You once accused me of liking Metroid because it's a glorified boss rush. Yeah. Um, uh, so like, I, I like boss fights in that context, especially Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime has some great boss fights, but, uh, this game, it just, it didn't have the right structure to allow the player to cope with platforming challenges. Now the platforming in this game for the most part, it just kind of sucks, but, um, platforming in a boss fight i agree with you that the boss doesn't have to deal with the same kinds of hurdles that you do it's not like the boss has to come and find you like you're just in a room and it has aoe attacks yeah pretty much um uh so i think that was all of the gameplay stuff that i'd cooked up for us uh you got anything on graphics and art style i think that the hell aesthetic is really cool i just i wish that more game more levels of this game had been set in hell i yeah i can agree to that um, when it comes to, oh, okay, graphics, no, graphics aren't, like, they're good, they're definitely something that's been improved on, and for the time this came out, it, it is staggeringly good, I can still play it in 2020 and be real happy about 
playing it a game that looks clean. like this clean. Um, but really, I have to give the point to the music because the sound in this game is unbelievable. This is like, music to kill demons too. This is music to kill demons too, and it's like world renowned good. You can't really even argue that this is uh, anything other than perfectly made for this kind of game. It's tailored to it, it's 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 like it's everything that you want. Every stage feels different. I I don't know how much music is even recycled in this game because it constantly felt fresh. It constantly yeah. felt different i wouldn't be surprised if like if if there were 13 different tracks for one for each level because it it was ambient but also engaging and uh it's it's music to kill demons too it is um did you have a favorite level or mission in this game Ooh, um damn that's an excellent question I want to say it's the second time you go back to hell. Because the lead up is like, all right, you ready to go back? Cool. <laughs> go ahead and do it. And you just do. And like, as soon as you get there, it is a, ch- a chain fight. You are just killing demons until you get to the very end of that. And you're just like, well, I'm here. <laughs> They're like, oh, oh, oh you, you're here. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's Let's have a fight. I was having some D, but all right. Yeah, it, it like it just there's so many moments where it feels like Doom guys running up to this, these guys and just screaming "Witness me!" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, put down your cup of tea because uh, I'm I'm here to kill you. Yeah, Doom guys ready to party. Uh, I think that the final level of this game is absolutely incredible. Uh, I had so much fun in that last level where it's just big arenas, teleportation circles. Uh, like each field had like three or four power ups on it, and there was just BFG ammo everywhere. So it was just I was just in hogs heaven. Like oh yeah, yeah. Just that, let that me go. That final fight is great, or the final level is great. They just say you got here. It's kind of over. There's nothing new we're gonna show you. So just have a great time. And I just, I wish that they had a little bit more of those arena-style fights kind of peppered throughout the game. Uh, it, like, th- there, are, there are some standout, really good portions of the game. Like, the, the, the kind of, like, lava facility level was excellent. But yeah. the conclusion to that, where it's, like, uh, there's, like, two kind of helicopter pad-style things, and it just pours knights in. And you just don't have enough ammo to deal with them. And I like stuff like that. Like, any any time in the game where you felt kind of scared because you weren't sure if you were going to be able to kill everything fast enough, just that, those were the best parts of this game. Yeah, they hit a little bit better. Uh, so what was your favorite part? Because the final level was my favorite part. Um, any, really any time I can go into hell. Uh because I like the aesthetic and how the platforming kind of melded into it. Like, you get to do so much with um, verticality in all of the hellscapes that it feels like you are exploring hell in its own way. Um, it doesn't feel like the uh, the like facility Mars missions where, like, you're you're kind of in flat ground all the time and you're, like, elevatoring up to get to stuff and going down in different ways. Um, Hell feels like it's a 
Uh Like, hell, like, there is rocks that are floating around that you gotta jump on, there's lava in the distance, there's demons, like, doing dirty things over in the corner. And it, like, it feels exactly like what you might imagine hell looks like. So that's what, that's what it was for me. And the sheer hilarity of it is, like, this human just entered into hell, and he's like, I'm gonna kill all of you. And they're like, you're not even supposed to be here. Let alone, what are you doing with a gun? Yeah, uh, just like there, there is nothing that they were ever going to be able to do to stop Doom Guy. Yeah, they're all terribly, like, not prepared for what's going on. Mm. Uh, and then, did you have a worst part or least favorite portion? Yes, the there is a certain um, elevator halfway through the game and two-thirds through the game, but I just got stuck. I got stuck for hours and hours and hours. Uh, There was no way for me to find where that waypoint was, Mm -hmm. and it was something absolutely tiny that needed to be triggered. It wasn't even killing an enemy. It was like, I... The waypoint said I needed to be exactly where I was, and it was actually, like, two floors below me. Oh... And there was no way for me to know that because of how the game was pointing me to it. And I, it took literal hours for me to get through it. And that was, that was the point where I actually turned the game off for a good while. It was my <laughs> only said, like, mini rage it. moment. Yeah, it was like, this game is being bullshit. If you're not going to tell me what I need to, to beat the game, then I'm not going to play you. I feel that. Uh, I constantly felt like turning the game off because of my least favorite part of this game, which is the checkpoints suck. Almost almost all of them are linked to combat. So you kill a big group of enemies and often like you'll fight, you'll fight like five knights and a big group of like jetpack guys. And you know, we, while you were doing the fight, like you spotted like, Oh, there's some chainsaw fuel over there, and there's this big suit of armor over there, and, like, I'll finish this fight, and then I'll pick those things up. So you you win the battle, the game checkpoints. You then have to strut around for five minutes, picking up all of the stuff around the arena that you made a mental note of. And once you have all of your stuff, you think to yourself, oh, now that this space is free, I can explore a little bit. I can look around to see if there's a Doom figurine. I can look around to see if there's another edition of Super Turkey Puncher. Like, you do all of that stuff, but then you make one slip with the platforming. You slightly misjudge your jump, and you fall to your death, and then you respawn, and you don't have the chainsaw fuel, and you don't have the suit of armor, and you don't have that box of shotgun shells. And every time that you make one tiny mistake platforming, you lose minutes of progress. And it wound me up. Yeah. That's that's astute. That's how that game goes. And I wish that there had been map-based checkpoints, or if, like, when you picked up whatever, after a certain point, like, oh, the game just knows that, like, I've been in this area for 30 seconds. Refresh my checkpoint or something. But it just it really, really, really wound me up. Yeah, at least like a checkpoint checker. Like, yeah. 
something something that's like if you pass the threshold of this area after all of the enemies are dead, it refreshes your checkpoint or something. I don't know. Give me give me give me something other than I have to pick up the chainsaw fuel every time I slip when I fall. Right. Which you're terrible at platforming, so you have yeah. to all the time. I, I I mean I especially am terrible at platforming in first person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, it, I mean, it's 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 why I consider um, Mirror's Edge to be one of the worst games that I've ever played. Like, it's it is it is my personal hell of platforming in first person for an entire game. Yeah, for folks at home, Mirror's Edge is actually Kevin's favorite game. But oh yeah, yeah I own seventeen copies of it. He does seventeen whole like sealed copies. Yeah, and every night before I go to bed, I say goodnight to every single one of them. <laughs> he kisses each one. It's a weird ritual, but he's done it since he was 17. Yeah, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. <laughs> so, uh, do you have any final thoughts, or should I take us into our ratings? Let's, let's go to the ratings. I think we've covered it. Sweet. So, uh... On the show, we like to do a little bit of a rating scale just to um, say where we think you should put these games into your backlog. Do we think these games are treasure or trash? And we do that on a scale of one to five, where one is trash that belongs eternally at the bottom of your backlog, where you will forget about it, or five, which is treasure that belongs right at the top, and you should play this game immediately. Uh, Jordan, would you like to start us off? Okay. Um... I think this game is a three. That's just, I like, we're going straight into it. I was going to say a four, but when I was thinking about a four, I was thinking entirely about gameplay and game feel. And there are quite a few things in this game that if you're not paying close attention, you're going to miss the best parts. Mm. Like, you can bust through this game without finding any collectibles and not finding some of the guns. And truthfully, if you do, you're just not going to have a good enough time. So you have to factor in the need for collectability. You can't just uh, think of this game as gameplay alone, like for the shooting. Mm-hmm. And which means it's somewhere between three and four, but I'd rather motion more to, towards a three because there were some frustrating moments. Uh, like you said, the boss fights are not entirely new or cool or... Uh, insanely fun like they're fun and they're good but it's just that this is a good game you should definitely put it on your backlog and i would say it's a three put it on your your list you should play it at some point but i don't think you need to go out right now and buy yourself a copy i think that's fair uh i'm gonna feel like a grumpy old fart saying this but i give this game a two uh I like it, but just so much of it drags. And I don't know if it's that I was in the wrong mood when I was playing it, but uh, like the, the great parts are great. When this game is funny, it made me laugh. When this game is responsive, I had a great time. Stuff like the final level made it really, really elevate. And after, play, after finishing the final level, I was just like, I can't give this game a two. And then I remembered all of the things that I felt every time that I fell and died and the checkpoint set me back. So I can't tell you to prioritize this game, audience at home, because the, the mediocre parts are really mediocre. But when this game is great, it's great. 
And I think that most people playing this will just have a good time, but it just really didn't do it for me in a lot of ways. Uh, and like this game is fun. Like we just talked for however long about how much fun we had playing this game. So it's not that this is bad. It just didn't scratch that itch, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. Cool. Uh, well, do you have anything else, Jordan? I do not. I think we, we covered it fully for a good episode of Backlog Treasure Hunters. Indeed. So uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, find us on social media, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your friends' friends. And, tell your dog. Uh, tell your dog, tell your cat, tell your parrot, tell your rat, tell everybody. Uh, tell listen to Backlog Treasure Hunters. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, next episode, uh, we are playing Owlboy, and tune in for some fun, because we have a cool little mix-up planned for that one, and it'll just be a good old time here with your Backlog Treasure Hunters. Uh, we hope that you had as much fun listening as we had recording, and we will see you next time. Bye, everyone.